welcome to the Messy Antics Podcast, a podcast about all things Messianic Judaism. Each episode, we will be sharing our opinions as we tackle some of the biggest issues in Messianic Judaism. Now, here's your hosts, Rabbis Eric, David, Jonathan, and Toby. Hey guys, and thanks for joining us today. Uh, so as you're already aware, especially if you've been listening to our podcast for a while now, we were very intentional on the name of the podcast, the Messy Antics Podcast is Messianic Judaism, and realistically anything in the body of Messiah, but Messianic Judaism does kind of tend to have some antics that go on and uh, different things that happen. And so today's episode, we're just going to kind of have some fun as the four of us uh, all are working in two specific congregations, but have had involvement in congregations all over the place. Uh, and so we're just going to kind of share some of the uh, the in- interesting and, and sometimes funny uh, experiences we've had with people coming into a Messianic synagogue, fresh with no real experience, not really knowing what they're walking into, or maybe people walking in with uh their youtube certificate from you know whatever uh cuckoo theology thing they found and and got hooked up to on youtube uh but we're just going to kind of share some of our experiences of some of the funny stories and funny encounters that we've had over the years in uh in messianic judaism and and i'll actually kick this one off by (laughs) throwing this out when we were in uh georgia with um uh beit shalom messianic synagogue in thomasville georgia I was in office one day, uh, and this guy comes into the building, and like where the office was, it was on one complete side of the synagogue, and so we would always open up uh, or unlock the door that was there, but we never used that door for anything other than office hours. So whenever the synagogue was open, that door stayed locked because it was in the sanctuary technically, and then the other entry point was unlocked so people could come and go. But we'd always leave that open for for office hours for people to come in. And so this guy comes in, and uh, I get up, and I go to to introduce myself to him and, and chat with him for a minute. And he comes up and goes. Uh, he hands me this like journal, and I was like, "Hey, uh, if if you don't mind, I, would you read this and just kind of give me your thoughts?" And hands me this journal. And so I've got it in my hands, and before I get a chance to actually like look at it or open it or anything, I'm I'm holding it, and we're talking for a second, and out of nowhere, this guy goes, "So um, I I'm actually." Uh, the the second coming of Jesus and uh, I am uh, I'm here the, the 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 Father sent me here to 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 come and, and share about my ministry and what I'm here to do and and uh, my my uh, disciple is I kid you not he goes my disciple uh, I'm stuck here in Thomasville because my disciple is still locked up in the uh, the, uh, the loony bin I forget what they called it there it was actually like the hospital was a name but it's literally the loony bin he's like my disciple still locked up there I just got out Court. He's like, it's going to take me a few few days before he's free, so that we can we can go about our ministry. And he's talking to me. He goes, and that that talking about the, the journal we put in my hands. He goes, that's uh that's my new uh, gospels. These are the new gospels, the edition to it. And I'm going to hand this back to you now. And um, and he kind of leads himself into the sanctuary, and he goes up towards the stage, and and he's up there. And so I go and I sit down and. I may or may not on a regular basis have some form of personal protection upon my person. And uh, this is the first time that I've ever sat with my hand at the ready somewhere near it in case because this guy was going off the rails. He was 
he, he first he started talking to me, and then the fact that I didn't accept that he was the the second coming of Jesus or whatever, like lost his mind and started getting really agitated. Which I know is hard to believe since he just came out the loony bin, yeah. but was really agitated, really <clears throat> angry, getting mad, going nuts. And, and so finally, I was able to kind of usher him back towards the door, and he's screaming and ranting and raving at me. He climbs in this little hoopty car that he's driving, and he starts to pull off. And it happened to be that there was a cop sitting in our parking lot like clocking people as they're driving down the main street there and so i as he pulled out the parking i mean peeled out the parking lot i walk over to the cop's window i said so hey um i don't know how many churches this guy's been to uh already or or how many congregations he's gonna hit up afterwards but this is what he said this is who he is this is what's going on he's very angry he's going to come across somebody in a church around here at some point that's going to really make him mad uh and he's going to hurt somebody he's going to and so the cop left to go check on him he's like thanks for letting me know whatever but that was probably the craziest experience I've had. And, and I know it's probably a little different than somebody coming in and, and worshiping with us or whatever. But that was the uh, – I figure we'll throw it out with like the craziest scenario I could come up with. But that was the craziest situation My I've ever been in. My is still in the movie. <laughs> exactly. He's <laughs> – uh, but, which which kind of makes me wonder, like, did you just get out of the loony No, he bin? said he like, did. Oh, wow. Okay. He said he had just gotten out oh, like, the my day goodness. before. Wow. Uh, when we were back in um, – when I was in Macon – uh, Beth Yeshua, uh, this guy came in, um, and this was back in like 2011, 2012, this is over 10 years ago. But this guy came in, and he was wearing, I don't know what you call it, but you know, it's the white collar that Catholic priests wear, or not just Catholic priests, but it's that white. Yeah, clerical <clears throat> Clerical collar. Yeah. yeah, so he was wearing a clerical collar. He was wearing like a suit jacket and pants, and he had a short with the clerical collar. And that's not really, that's not, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the clerical collar is, that's worn when you're like doing your priestly duties, right? And or It's not a fashion statement, correct? It's not something like, no. I'm, I'm going to wear yeah, the, yeah. it's a Catholic thing. I'm not going to wear the priestly collar to go, I don't know, to Walmart and shop, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, so... It was Shabbat morning, and this guy shows up, and he's wearing this this wardrobe. And I just looked at him, and I was like, I just remember thinking, okay, that's weird. You know, he'd never come before. And he immediately, you know, started talking to people in leadership. Strange. Because he wasn't just coming. Because let's imagine, it's your first time at a congregation, you know, you're not in leadership or anything. You're just, you, you know, you're you're seeking the Lord or whatever. And if I, I one for one, I generally don't like going to new places like congregations. You know, because everybody's looking at you and you knows you're the new guy. Yeah. So unless it's like a massive like church or something Mega with church. like yeah conference huge. Or but generally, if it's a smaller place, you know, which we had you know like 300 people or something, and and you generally, but you generally knew if someone was you know, unfamiliar. But I'm not going to. They're usually those ones with the deers in the headlight when the liturgy starts. They're like, what is yeah. this? Why are they in tongues? What's right. Going? If, they, if they're new, yeah. But I'm thinking if I'm new to a place, I'm generally going to just observe. Sure, yeah. I'm not going to go and try to meet people. This guy was kind of going to people who were clearly like doing something as far as um, helping the congregation function, leadership, or Shamashim uh, dig. He was just going up to these people and talking to them. And I was the worship leader at the time, and he came, you know, he was talking to me at one point. I'm just like, hey, I mean, he seemed like a nice guy, but that was strange behavior. And then he walks 
um, our head Shamashim, a real nice guy, you know, you know, just kind of talking to him and uh, takes him in the sanctuary. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm an upfront guy. So he said, I'm, I'm a sit up front guy. So he goes all the way to the front row and uh, the, uh, the rabbi of the congregation, uh, his microphone and stuff was sitting on the chair. You know, he had not arrived yet. So, um, and the guy goes and he's, he's like talking to the Shamashim and then he goes to sit down in the front row and he almost sits on the microphone. I, I just remember thinking this dude is not something. It just, it was off. Like he's not paying attention. He's going up to people who are like in leadership or who, who are kind of in functioning roles I said, so this guy wants, and he's wearing a clerical collar, so he wants to be seen. Yeah, he 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 thinks he's somebody, you know. And uh, he came once, and then he came a second week, and I think he like brought his family or something or his wife. And I just remember being like, I uh, went up to the rabbi at the, you know, uh, and I said, hey, what's his deal? And he goes, oh, he's a guy that thinks he's somebody that's coming in that probably wants a position of leadership and wants me to know who he is and stuff. He goes, and that's why he's wearing that getup. And that is the first thing that came to mind when we brought up this topic was like, oh, the clerical collar guy. <laughs> and, and, and it was so, and I can think of one other time, I'm not going to go into the story, but the, the, the one other time that I can think of one of the most disruptive people to come into a congregation came in wearing a robe like a like a like a like a church robe, like a uh, choir lady robe, like a, and, and I'm like, thought you were going to say like initiation robe, right? So it's not hard to see that, you know, when you have somebody come in and and they're wearing religious getup. Yeah, I don't even like to say get up because a clerical collar. I mean, it's very important to the priest. And I respect yeah. a lot of devoted Catholics out there who love God. And I'm not knocking yeah. the priestly collar. I'm just saying when you see somebody come into a messianic synagogue wearing that, and that, it's like, okay, why are you doing this? Yeah, you know, or why are you coming in wearing this robe? You know, and that's just that's one of my weird stories as far as like the weirdest. <laughs> yeah, and and again, we're not knocking the collar just no. to be clear, because and, and Catholics, Lutherans, others yeah. wear them. High church, high church. Yeah. When they're in worship, or even if they come visit your congregation, yeah, to be there. But this guy just looked out of sorts, like he was yeah. not, and he only came twice and never right. came back because I think so, that he, in my opinion, because I don't think he got the attention he wanted to get uh, from probably our rabbi at the time. Right. Yeah, so, so sure. my funniest. Um, and when I say funniest, weirdest kind of uh, thing is we had a guy that came. Uh, it's been years ago when we first started. And we had a guy that came, and he was wearing, uh, just to describe him, he had a, a baseball hat on. And then he had on his baseball cap, uh, like stapled to his baseball cap, was the, the headpiece of it to set it to fill it. And then he had cut the straps off the tefillin and had the arm piece on his arm but it was just the loop and the tefillin and not wrapped down his arm and then on his shirt he had pinned a yellow star oh lord like the nazis made the jews but then he was wearing a t-shirt that was unkept and raggedy looking shorts and flip-flops and then he had i don't know if you've ever seen these little Jewish teddy bears where they have the, the little talits on them. So it's like a, a 
a baby, oh, yeah. like the tallit, the size a baby would wear. Right. So that was around his neck, and right. then he had a, a potato chip clip, like you, like you use to hold potato chip bags, yeah. uh, between the two sides of this mini tallit <laughs> that he was wearing when he came in. No. And so, uh, you know, I talked to him, I said, what's going on? And he said, you know, I'm, I'm Jewish and this and that. And he said, I, God called me to change uh the Florida law concerning football. My my son wants to play football, but they have all the games on Friday nights and Saturdays. And I'm here. God sent me to Florida so that I can help to get legislation passed to change the day football is on so it's not discriminatory against Jewish people uh, so the kids like mine can play football. And... So we we talked for a little bit. He came back one more time, but I had told him. I said, "Look, if you want to wear the the tefillin, the thing that's it's wrong the way you're doing it. It's not tradition. It's not. But you're not wearing the yellow star when oh, you come in here, uh, and and you're not going to do that and come in here." And he he got in all this uproar uh, about that's the you know star of persecution and they're persecuting my son because he's not oh. able to play football and he was equating in his mind no. the Shoah the, the Friday night lights with the Shoah the, the Holocaust <laughs> against the Jewish people and millions of non-Jewish people that sure. were exterminated by the Nazis with the fact that his local football team wouldn't change the day they play ball so that his son could... In his mind, that was an equivalent situation. And uh, so I he left our congregation and said he was going to the conservative congregation. So I called the conservative rabbi and said, look, I just want you to know, if this guy shows up, we didn't send him and he's not us. You know, I don't right. want you to think that... And But that was like... The, one of the weirdest things was this guy dressed like that because he said, I was sent by God to save football. And and I was like, no. Did, did, he, only, did he only come that one time? He, he came twice. Once he came oh. the first day, he came back a second time. and uh, To update but, you on the legislative process. Right, but, <laughs> but when he came, that's when I met him at the door and I said, look, you can't. And then he left, said oh. he was going somewhere else. But... Uh, so that was the, the the one. And then the other one that I wanted to share real quick because it reminds me of my friend Rabbi Kraus, who was the, the rabbi of Panama. And uh, he had come to visit our synagogue, and it was just before uh, the Super Bowl. And I had announced, now this again was years ago, I had announced that we were having a prayer, men's prayer meeting at my house on Super Bowl Sunday, that some of the men would be praying for one team and the other men would be praying for the other team, Mm -hmm. but that all men were welcome to come to the congregation. And this lady who'd been coming, uh, visiting for a few weeks, said, can I say something? And I said, sure, you're you're welcome to to say, because this was just during the announcements time of the service. And she said, God is serious. And I said, yes, he is. And I do not think you should be hosting a Super Bowl. Super Bowl football is violent. And she went on through this whole thing. And I said, well, I appreciate your opinion. Um, and, and thank you. But And then she started going again. And she just kept on and on. And, and to the point where I said, look, you need to stop. And then 
Rabbi Krauss said as only he can, you are being rebellious to the lady. And then I said, look, you need to stop. The announcement time is over. We're entering into our worship service, and you need to stop. And she said, uh, "She said, do you want me to leave? And I said, no, I want you to behave. (laughs) And then she said, I said, okay, now I want you to leave. (laughs) And so we escorted her out uh, as she, uh, you know, shook the dust from her (laughs) shoes and and, uh, called down the curses of, the Egyptian gods upon us, and she did that, and all. Yeah, it was, it was. But so those are our two, my, uh, my two memories. Because that's a of, big leap. You uh, <laughs> going from Super Bowls violent to the Egyptian gods? Like I call down the curses of Ra. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what? So it was. I mean, I can understand being like, oh, you, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Since then, anytime somebody started to act up joke you know jokingly or you know uh, anybody who's been around that long will go you are being rebellious so anyhow rabbi jonathan i wish people would wear like i wish everyone would come to service that does with a like a merit badge sash but like each of the merit badges be the little thumbnails of the YouTube channels they subscribe to, <laughs> so we can see what you're watching. First, first well, time visitors, first time just be like, all, all right, you've got uh, five out of ten of the ones we would uh, disagree with, so uh, this may not be the place for you. Um, yeah, that would be hilarious. Like, yeah. like uh, get the little stickers like they have for RVs that you put right. on their back window that says I've been to this many states or That's right. or the Grand Canyon this and that with yeah here yeah here they should have to have it on like their their bible cover or their uh, talit bag or yeah, something something like that. just to let us know man <laughs> be like man I just don't know if this is going to be a place you that know you what we're walking into <laughs> with this one guy come on yeah. yeah i mean the truth is that almost everybody that comes to our congregation has walked through some kind of mm-hmm. stuff stuff yeah i mean including us as leaders we have our own there's there's a reason that they say messianic judaism is granola made up from fruits nuts and flakes that yeah uh, and and so there there's a, there's those things so we're when we say these things when we're talking about these funny experiences it's not that we're mocking the the mm-hmm. person and we pray for the person i prayed for yeah. that guy that came and we prayed for this lady and, and we tried to deal with her and talk to her and help yeah. her but there's some experiences that are just funny they're yeah. so absurd yeah yeah and and i just don't want to and just to say I, I i'm not speaking against the guy with the clerical collar necessarily i, I it was interesting yeah it was odd and i think i just want to make the point that i think that um you know I think it's so important when you're coming into a new place um, because somebody might ask, well, why would you think that? Why would you judge the guy based on what he was wearing? I was like, well, because when you're going into a religious, you're going into a synagogue or religious establishment, but let's say synagogue. I don't want to make it too wide. You're going into a new church or a new synagogue. That's yeah. already under the authority of another of, 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 of some leadership. That's yeah. not you. It's your first time coming to this place. You shouldn't wear your leadership garb, whatever you're leading or think you're leading. Yeah, I think there, it's a matter of humility, and also, I think, I think honestly, we should do our best to try not to be seen and allow God to. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah that's the point. I was and, and it's one thing if you're like invited 
as that role. Like, sure. Like if yeah. we were to bring in, uh, I, I have a, a friend who's a pastor in our area that's a uh, um, uh, ordained pastor with the uh, Church of God in Christ, and uh, which is a um, uh, charismatic, you know, a, a denomination. A really good guy, really lovely guy. Um, and uh, if I were to invite him to come and speak, he regularly wears the the Perfect. collar and and, right, and the black the black right, shirt yeah. and pants He's and operating if, in his yeah if office. i invited him to speak as that that role that's great show up like that's awesome sure just like if you invite me to to, to your congregation i'm going to show up wearing you know what i wear i mean i'm not going to like show up with a right if we if i go to visit a church just to visit you're not gonna wear i don't wear my talit right. yeah but if they invite me to speak, yeah. I probably would put it on before yeah. I, I spoke. Yeah. Uh, one of the another and even funny then, and even then not all the time. Like, but I, to just show up to try right. and draw attention to yourself. That's what I. Like, that's kind of yeah. think was because I've seen you go to places and like it's just like right. Yeah. Right. That yeah. Another funny experience that I had was with a, a real good friend, a, the guy that I love, and, and and I think all of you know Les Morrison, <laughs> Les and Darcy showed up at Britom. This was we were a very new congregation and the uh, the storms hit. The Katrina and mm. um Ivan had hit and they were working with a company that did roof work during the storms. And so Le- I didn't know less from Adam and he showed up at our synagogue and he had his violin, violin in one too. hand, his mandolin in another hand, <laughs> another and he walked in and he said, uh, I'm Les Morrison and if you'd like me to join your worship team this morning, I'd be happy to do so. Oh. And and I was like, um, no. Yeah. <laughs> and and I don't know who you are. I, and he yeah. said, Well, I'm I'm Les Morrison and I know this person and, and that person and, and this here's person a, and, and that here's person. Here's the thing with Les is Les isn't saying I'm Les Morrison like you should know Les Morrison. Like it's not like he's being what I arrogant about it. He's just saying but but this is who I am. Like this is this, this is, is what, what I, I do. do. Yeah. Right. And and for those that <laughs> it don't wasn't know, like, it wasn't like a movie star getting pulled over and going do you know don't, who don't I don't am? You know who I am? Right. For those who don't know, I encourage you to look up Les Morrison on YouTube, on on uh, Amazon. Get his his violin. He's an, a a concert quality yeah. violinist. He's an amazing musician. Yeah. He's he and a wonderful rec- guy. He shows up to recording sessions uh, to record for other people's songs. And he'll go into the studio, and they'll go, "Okay, here's the song." And they'll play it for him, and they'll go, "He'll go, okay, well, give me a couple of tracks." And he'll just start playing whatever flows, mm. and then he's like, "All right, pick up whichever one you think's best." That's yeah. yeah but he's an amazing musician. Yeah. But you but he just walked him. up, and I didn't know him from anybody. So he said, "Well, he said I'll be back next week. Uh, feel free to call and check yeah. on me." So I called a couple of people, and they said, "Yeah, these amazing musician is." So him and his wife joined our worship team the next week because they were escaping from the storm. Yeah. So it was, but it was just so funny because he was any. Again, this is and not. They were with you guys for several. He years He was with us yeah. for almost three years. That's a funny. Yeah. Now that's a funny story yeah. that turned yeah. out really good. Yeah. But but it was so funny because he just walked up like everybody knows me, and yeah. and I was like, no, I don't know you, but and this I, was, I appreciate you, and you're you know yeah. welcome to worship with us. But and this was at a time when you know Messianic Judaism is kind of bigger now. Uh, I mean, it's still its own little world, but it is kind of bigger, and so there's a lot more people that know people now. But this was at a point where it was still kind of... Yeah, this was a, a long time ago, and yeah. Les and Darcy, and and uh, yeah. I tell a, a story about them, which has nothing to do with funny experiences at synagogue, but I did their wedding for them when they got married, because they were single when they, they both were working for a company, 
and uh, the company brought them into town. They were selling roofs and stuff. So, But they had fallen in love, and they decided to get married. So I did their wedding for them, and they were on the way from the synagogue to their honeymoon, and they stopped. we saw them at Walmart parking lot. And uh, so I, I teased them, and I, I still do. I said, Walmart has got to be an evil, spiritly inspired place because if – it has such power that it draws you into the store <laughs> between the synagogue and your honeymoon. There is too much power <laughs> right. in that building. This this is an evil place that needs to be, you know. So, but anyhow, I, I met him in that way, and it was just a funny experience with somebody at synagogue One, that turned yeah. out to be a very, very positive, and we still love them and appreciate them. One of my favorite less stories was we were in Colorado. Uh, in Denver for the the um, Promise, Keepers, Promise Keepers event, uh, there was their 25th anniversary event or whatever it was, and so we're there and we're I think it, we were I think that we were all at the Double Tree or something like that uh, in the lobby hanging out and uh, just there were probably gosh there were probably 50 60 rabbis and their wives and all just hanging out together and catching up and chatting whatever, and here comes Les out of the elevator with his violin on his shoulder. And his bow lined up and ready. And for the next, like, three hours, he just arbitrarily walked around the restaurant and the lobby serenading the entire place. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just an amazing guy. But, it, again, it was a funny synagogue and, experience. Yeah. He's very bold and courageous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had this uh, – I'm just going to tell a quick funny one, and then I want to ask – really kind of put a question out there. But I, was, well, uh, I have uh, one after you're done. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I, I was um, – uh, then I'll ask my question. I'll save that then. But uh, no, I had a guy. We had a guy come in uh, to his con- uh, congregation. Uh, not it was at when we were making. Um, this guy came in and he he looked really, he just looks really ragged and kind of dirty and stuff. So he stuck out. Um, which, which I'm telling you was not a good decision based on what he was doing in the synagogue because. Yeah. Okay, so he came in and he just looked really haggard. It's a better word for it. And he wore this big heavy coat, not like a trench coat, but like a just like a big. It was just kind of like a long sleeve, big pea coat, uh, something kind of like that. But it zipped up. But it had, it had pockets. Um, just a regular, just a regular like a, jacket, like a, like a duster or something. No, it wasn't a duster. It wasn't like a trench coat. It was just like a jacket with pockets. Just imagine, like a jacket with two pockets on the front, two pockets on the side. You know, it was like a khaki. I remember it was khaki colored. He had a hole cut out in one of his front pockets on his breast and um there was a camera sticking out of it and um god that reminds me of another story but anyway yeah, so just popped a story in my head thank you yeah <laughs> yeah so um this guy has a camera sticking out of his pocket and he's just kind of walking around he's kind of like moving his body to I- i'm sure to make sure he's catching what he's whatever it is he's trying to film for whatever reason we don't know so if somebody sees the camera because the guy's sticking out yeah like my thing is is one is incredibly inappropriate i would never do that but if i am going to do it i'm putting myself in the shoes of the criminal you know sure (laughs) i'm putting myself in their shoes i'm thinking i'm going to look as normal and as forgettable as possible i'm just gonna have a i'm just gonna have a you know i'm just gonna look normal yeah this guy comes in and he looks just really haggard and you know he's like just and he's got a camera sticking out of his front pocket and somebody sees him, one of the Shamashim sees him and goes up to him and they said, I'm sorry, we noticed that you have a camera sticking out of your pocket. You know, what, what, what's going on? And he goes, oh, yes, well, I'm from some kind of, I don't even remember what name of the religious organization he's from. He goes, and we know about you guys. You're the Yeshuans. 
That's what he called us. The Yeshuans. The Yeshuans. I don't know if that's his word for Messianic Jews or what, but he said, you guys are the Yeshuans. And he goes, and John Machine was like, okay, well, listen, um, you can't be in here and film. You can't do this, all right? And the guy was, he, he actually didn't cause a disruption, like as far as like a loud, it's, they saw him, but yeah. John Machine didn't said, that's weird. And they, he left. Yeah. He's like, okay, my bad. And he left. He never came back again. But I never will forget that he called us Yeshuans. Yeshuans. Man, it, it's so bizarre to me. It's funny, I, like, because I've run into people that have, like, tried to come up with, an, like, they're like, what is, what are we going, what, what is the name of, you know, of people who, like, because, like, they don't, for whatever reason, they don't like Messianic Judaism. Um, like, that, that name to them is too vague and uh, whatever. So they're like, we're going to be... Uh, the 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 Nazreem. I'm like, well, that's just Christian. You know, that's Hebrew for Christians. <laughs> so okay, that so, and you don't I like. like Christ- I like people of the way, but mostly of because way. of Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, it's the way. That's good. But yeah, yeah people. Pe- so and they, you know, they don't like. They don't want to be called Christians. They don't want to be called Messianic Jews. But they're like, okay, so uh, what, what about the the Nazreem? I'm like, that's that's Hebrew for Christians. Well, you so should, you should, I wish we would have met before, so I, you could have suggested Yeshuans. Yeah, Yeshuans. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Now, so now it's a new one out of my list. Funny names. The I can only assume because we call him Yeshua. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like, yeah. it may, oh, yeah. makes sense. But, so Yeshuans over there. But um, ah, man, I just you know. Yeah, I just anyway, that's funny. That's anyway. funny. Uh, so, so your story. They, I, I was. This was back when I was at Dothan. Um, one of we had a. It was like it was just a kind of um, open forum meeting one day after service um, because they the leadership wanted to address something. Um, I think children had been disruptive on their phones, and, and remember, this is back when you know DMF was only like you know probably fifty or sixty people at the time. What's DMF? Uh, Dothan Messianic Fellowship. Gotcha, so that's okay. where I was attending before I came to Bernan. And um, so this was bef- this was when there were only there weren't a ton of people, and so when the children were playing games and being disruptive on the phones, it really stood out you know, during service. Um, and so the leadership just kind of wanted to address that. Um, which, which was fine, you know, um, and but there was this couple that um, had come with. I'm assuming their grandkids. It was an older couple. Um, uh, this was their first time here, and they and just don't a, manage. And the it kids. was an it was an open forum uh, meeting. Well, so they come and they're sitting out in this meeting. Never have been here before. Okay. This is the first time they're there, and they're kind of like allowing people to add input on ways we can resolve it. You know, just. Parents, you know, do do we need to come up with a rule of no phones or whatever? And I remember this 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 older lady begins to go on this tirade about like touchscreen devices, and it's like she was like they're scrying mirrors, and she holds up her smartphone. It's like well, so you have an instrument of witchcraft with you, yet you're condemning this as being an instrument of witchcraft. I don't understand where you're quite going with this. And, I've and never even heard of it. Well. Yeah, yeah. She, she was like, she was, they're scrying mirrors, and goes all through this, you know, stuff about you know, and you know, gives this little debrief of like fake internet Hebrew of like why you know, it allows evil into the home. And I was saying, it's like, look, I'm not. You can use these for evil. You can use these to like for good or for evil they're tools but like to make them as like they're intrinsically evil while you have one in your hand that belongs to you i just don't think is going down the road you think it was going um oh. and that was just like it was i'd heard some crazy stuff before but that was the first time i was sitting like in a public thing where someone like legitimately like kind of went off the yeah. rails and i was yeah. like 
Oh, we had a couple okay. that called me and asked me if I would do marriage counseling for them. And uh, I had I very rarely do post marriage counseling. And uh, but I had counseled a couple that they had known and and they recommended me. So my wife and I drive over to another city, which is where they were, and sat down at the table. And honest to goodness, this was their very first statement to me. Every time we get drunk, we get in a fight. Can you help us? And I said, let me let me give me just a minute. (laughs) Stop getting drunk yeah there you and, go or at the yeah. very least stop getting drunk with each other so, no <laughs> help, help. find some new pe- find some new people to get drunk with help, help us fight constructively so, drunk so before your before your question because i don't want to i don't want to forget about your question so I, i'm gonna i'm gonna share two things yeah. from cmc that uh were funny experiences we had uh early early on we were maybe a year year and a half old this NAI again this guy calls up uh from michigan or his number was from Michigan. He said he just moved down from Michigan, and uh, I answer the phone, and you know he says, "Hey, uh, Rabbi, this is you know so and so, and I I was in Michigan. I'm a worship leader. I felt like the Lord called me down here, and and He gave me the name of your congregation. I feel like this is where I'm supposed to to, to plug in and attend, and and uh, and and so on. Is is it okay if I come and visit this Saturday for for Shabbat service? I said, Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's welcome. Come and join us. It's fine. So he comes in and. At that point in time, in our announcements every week, we had a very simple announcement that said, if you're interested in membership, please see Rabbi David. He'll explain the process to you. So after uh, service that day, this guy comes up to me and goes, Rabbi, I've, uh, I want to ask you a question. I said, okay. He goes, uh, he goes I, I'm, I'm interested in, in becoming a, a member at the, the synagogue and, and helping with worship and all. And uh, So what's the membership process? So I lay it out for him. I said, you know, you've got X number of months. You have to come faithfully. This is the process you have to follow through. And then we have an application and interview. And then we you know, plug you in and, or bring you up from the congregation and announce you as a member and lay hands on you, pray for you. And he goes, but, but, uh, but, but Rabbi, why do I have to wait the four months before I can become a member? I feel like God called me here now. I said, okay, but this is this is our process. This is what everybody has to do, and it's equal across the board. And he goes, but, but Rabbi, like God called me here. Why do I have to go through that? I said, well, let me ask you something. He goes, what? I said, do you think God didn't know what our membership process was when he called you here? <laughs> And he got so mad, and we never saw him again. Oh, um, guess, but guess <laughs> the other is something that just happened in the last, like, maybe four oh. or five months. Uh, oh. We had this newer family that was coming, and uh, they were, like, brand new, kind of dabbling in, in Messianic Judaism. Really, they were kind of dabbling in um, kind of the Hebrew roots side and where you know they found out the Senate was there and started coming some um i mean really nice people like we didn't have any issues with them that they were good people whatever but this one particular week it was when we were in bereshit and uh we're reading through uh the um uh about abraham uh in the the parsha about abraham telling sarah to uh you know twice to say you're my sister not my wife and and you know save your hide or save my hide but you know whatever happens to you is what it is it's my paraphrase of the account but and i said you know it's it's really interesting to me that you know we've got if you look through the bible you've got all of these individuals throughout scripture that god gives us that are complete and total train wrecks like sure. they just jack everything up i said here's abraham the father of our faith is this complete and total train wreck messes up left and right and yet this is the hero that God established for us to look at at what a righteous life is and it isn't because he got everything right all the time he was a train wreck he messed up over and over again but it was because of the fact that he constantly returned back to God it was this heart of repentance coming back to God and this lady came up to me after service and goes how dare you I said what 
how dare you say that Abraham was a train wreck? And da da da. I said, uh, she goes, Abraham was perfect. The scripture says in Hebrews that by his faith he was made righteous. He was perfect. How dare you say he was a train wreck? I said, wait, 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 wait. I said, are you, are you saying Abraham never messed up? Well, a- Abraham was perfect. He, no, 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 no. Yes, Abraham was made righteous. But he had to be something other than righteous in order to be made righteous, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you, you can't seriously look at Hebrews and think that he's retrofitting the entire story of Abraham's life to say that Abraham never messed up ever. Right. Like we're all in this room, all of us believing in Messiah are made righteous through Messiah. Does that mean we've never messed up because it's been retroactively changed? Yeah. Like no. what do you? But she was like livid, and they never came back. They had been coming for a couple, maybe yeah, two months at that point. I, I know who you're talking about now. And it took me a minute. They never came back uh, afterward. I mean, but she was livid about it, and mm. I was like, "Are you? Are you serious? This is like out of everything. This is where we're gonna have." <laughs> yeah, so, so Toby has a question yeah, yeah, yeah. that he wanted to give. But before I did, I wanted to share one funny experience about Rabbi David. Okay. <laughs> is this the Purim story? This is the Purim story. <laughs> oh, gosh. So sure. uh, It'll go nicely. It'll go neatly with everything else. Yeah, we're, we're, young, weeks. We're, we're, we're a young congregation in Pensacola. Um, and when I was I, a young ward. Huh? And, yeah, and keep and, in mind, I helped start this congregation. Right. <laughs> so, so Rabbi David goes off to school to train and learn to be a rabbi. And he comes back on vacation, and it happens to be Purim. It happens to be the Feast of Esther time. And so I think to myself, this would be a great opportunity to give him an opportunity. I mean, after all, how can you mess up Purim? How can you? This is such a great story. People are familiar with it. He doesn't have, This is safe. This is not an issue. I, he's, he's good here. I, I'm, so I ask him to speak. And he gets up and he goes, I know that many of you have heard the story of Purim. And many times it's done in plays and programs. And it, it's described as if these young girls are in a beauty pageant that the king is viewing them and sure. then choosing who is going to be the winner of the pageant, and thus his bride. Mm -hmm. And this is what he says. But in fact, what this was was more of a test drive. And I about choked, (laughs) as did most of the congregation. (laughs) And uh, then after we composed ourselves... The the best part was, I, for the life of me to this day, can't remember what I was actually preaching on. Uh, yeah, like what the point was I was making in the message, but he's in the, the back of the, the sanctuary and whatever it was I was saying, like he was on board with it, and he's just nodding his head like it's revolutionary in his head. He's nodding his head and then all of a sudden that comes out and his head just stops and his jaw hits the floor, like just <laughs> wide open and for like the next five minutes he's just staring at now, me. Now that, that has been many, many years ago, but Rabbi David has never and unless <laughs> – there's a Philip experience. You know, Philip is, is in the desert and he wakes up in Azotus. Like God translated him to that place. So, yeah. so unless it's Purim and David is in another city and pops 
in and appears like Star Trek transporter to the Bema on Purim. He is not going to preach on Purim at my synagogue. So I, I just wanted to share. And for uh, the for the record, I jokingly, to my wife's annoyance, jokingly call myself the shock rocker of Messianic rabbis. Like I will intentionally say things just to make people have to think and. Uh, uh, in all the years that have passed since, that is probably one of the more mild comments I've made <laughs> in this sermon. Sure. So, yes, anyhow, sir. that's my yes, – we're, we're on the show. Over. That's my funny uh, experience with a visiting rabbi who spoke at my congregation on Purim, but will never speak yeah. on Purim again at my congregation. So what's your question, Toby? Uh, well, um, it, it's not – it's kind of tough, really, after all the really entertaining stories. Yeah. <laughs> But um, probably should finish out on a serious note. Yeah. So, so um, back in Macon again years ago, um, I is when I was a worship leader. Uh, a guy came in and he was actually perfectly normal. <laughs> uh, he was uh, he's Jewish guy though, older, and he was very very. I don't want to say austere, but he was very stoic. Sure. Acting during the service and stuff, and you know. Um, and after the service was over, he actually wanted to speak to the rabbi, and I was kind of standing around. I wanted to kind of listen, you know, to what they were talking about, you know. Um, and I'm kind of hanging around and stuff, and and I hear him talking, and, and then I just kind of walk up because I I just want to listen, you know, just kind of you know want to learn. And I'm like, man, this is a Jewish guy. I don't forget how I knew he was Jewish. I think it might have just been, you know. I think I might have found out then that he was Jewish, but I noticed he was there at, at, at service, and he um, and he just looked very skeptical. He was just he was just kind of very like, mm, yeah, I don't know. And uh, you know, the Rabbi was explaining things to him and stuff, and 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 you know, he goes, "Well, what did you think?" You know, I mean, blah blah. He goes, "Well, you don't have a minion." And I guess what that it, I thought of that story while we were talking, and I guess I wanted to ask, like, have you any of you? Because I've never actually experienced it. That was the closest. But if you guys ever experienced someone coming in from like a a heavily observant orthodoxy type culture, and what when they come into your synagogue and they want to speak to you, or you know you know have you ever had a, an encounter like that? Because I'd love to know what they think of like worship music. Yeah, we like we that. had one uh, a guy who was an orthodox guy, and and I knew he was orthodox because he was dressed. Orthodox. Oh wow! So he had and the had the the whole the garb and so, had it right, and he had it right. <laughs> wow! He wasn't yeah. wearing a little children's talit with a chip clip or anything, but he was like serious. Right. And he he came in and he, he sat there, and um, I walked over and welcomed him, and he said, "I don't know if I can stay." And I said, "Why?" He said, "Well, because you've got sound equipment operating on the Shabbat." You have this. And then he looked up, and because our building belonged to a Catholic church before we bought mm-hmm. it, in we have there's a stained glass window that's now covered with sure. a board, but it was still, we had not covered it yet. We were just recently bought the, uh, rented the building. It wasn't even ours at the point, so we couldn't really, you know, make changes. So, and he said, and you have Catholic iconogra- iconography. Up on that window, and I just I'm just not comfortable being in the in this sanctuary. It just it's awkward to me to have sound equipment operating and and the the window. And I said, well, look, how about this? I said, why don't I just stand in the foyer with you for a while? 
mm-hmm. and and we'll just you know and and he was okay with that and then he he's and then I said but in a little bit I'm gonna have to go inside but and and do my my stuff but um but he was so he stood the whole service out in the the vestibule in outside the the sanctuary where okay. and uh, and then afterwards we we talked and he said something that I've heard a number of times he said this is the first messianic synagogue I've ever been to it was surprisingly jewish hmm. wow. and and he said he was just visiting for uh for the weekend he wanted to go to somewhere on shabbat in, just a synagogue and he he wouldn't drive so he was walking from a, no, a neighborhood close by and he said he appreciated our sensitivity toward his uh, feelings and that we didn't you know like laugh at him mock him or whatever for feeling sure. that way but made it possible for him to participate in the liturgy and the yeah. service and all without violating his own yeah. personal feelings about things. Okay. So that was a, a good example of, of exactly that. We yeah, yeah. Somebody who came who was uh, extremely observant and uh, to the point where he was uncomfortable with power equipment, sound equipment and and projectors and, and all that going on during computers and yeah. things. Yeah. Um, it was funny. I went to a conservative synagogue one time we were invited my wife and I to be there because of friendship with the rabbi and they had a uh, a cell phone up on the bima videotaping and project you know on youtube the service because it was a special event and so having seen that i got out my phone and i was following along with the readings of the torah reading on my phone because i have a torah app on my phone that i can read along with and I was there, and one of the ushers came over and said, um, you can't use your phone in, in, in the sanctuary on Shabbos. And I didn't say anything. I just put my phone up. But it, it made me funny, and I spoke to the rabbi afterwards. I said, one of your shamashim came over and told me not to use my cell phone in the service. I said, but while I was there, his wife was shopping on Amazon on her cell phone in the service and you had a cell phone actually functioning to to broadcast the service i said and just as an outsider experiencing your synagogue and as a friend that's an inconsistent right action yeah and uh of course the shamash didn't know his wife was shopping on amazon (laughs) service Uh, she was sitting right next to me and we saw that but so, so I say that because when we're talking about just this question, if if somebody Jewish came in or somebody who is not Jewish came in, it was their first time. Whatever we do, we should be consistent yeah. in how we do it. If we're going to have sound systems and and all that, then we should have them mm-hmm. yeah. and not act as if you yeah. know uh, those kind of things. So yeah, you, know, you don't necessarily like pander to somebody. But yeah. there are ways to be reverent yeah, to and, where and, they are. And yeah, this gentleman, and, we we made it possible yeah. for him to participate. No, that's a great story. Him. I haven't had. I mean, our area there's not in in Baldwin County. There's not really a Orthodox presence, and and every once in a while you may get somebody to come down for vacation along the beach there. But yeah. again, there's not a synagogue within walking distance. Is there so even not a coming. Chabad in Mobile? In Mobile, there is. Yeah, okay. there was Chabad in Mobile before there was in Pensacola. Gotcha. Um, and so uh, the the so they're they're not going to be coming, but we have had 
non-believing traditional Jews come from, you know, conservative congregations, reformed congregations. Matter of fact, the, 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 the one I remember the most is there was this young couple, um, very, at least my opinion, very obviously reformed, uh, that came for our Yom Kippur service, uh, our, our uh, morning service for Yom Kippur one year. Um, they happened to be in the area for a wedding, and so they wanted to squeeze in a quick Yom Kippur service before the wedding. Mm. They didn't know we were Messianic until they got there. They decided to stick it out. Or no, they did. They saw our website, and they came anyways, okay. and they stuck it out. They weren't believers. The wife, um, if you've... Uh, the, the wife looked like she was ready for the club on Saturday night rather than for synagogue on Yom Kippur, uh, and, uh, which was kind of odd because she walked in and, like, you know, in our congregation, everybody's – I mean, I'm not saying, like, people are prudish, but everybody's pretty modest dressed, and, you know, it's Shabbat, and everybody's sure. – you know, whatever. And so she walks in wearing uh, what looked like she, you know, was ready for the club for, and – um but they were in the back, and they went through the service, and uh, you know they the things that, like I tell people, and I told them this when they came in. It's like you know if there's something we say like the blessing of Messiah. If you don't agree with it, don't say it. It's not going to hurt our feelings any. But most of our service is what you're accustomed to, so you know uh, follow along with what you're comfortable with, and and if you're not comfortable with it, you know ignore it. And now I have had people that have visited the area that that were in that, that were uh, more orthodox leaning. I won't say they were actually orthodox, but they went to. You know, there's a lot of people that go to orthodox synagogues on Shabbat, but they're not specifically orthodox. Right. That's just the kind of traditional slant they prefer right. to service. They maybe live a more conservatox life, but they'll go to, and those are the people that'll drive like three blocks away, park their car on the street, and walk the rest of the way into the uh, synagogue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but I have had people, I just had it a couple of months ago, somebody called me and uh, and uh, they were down for vacation and they wanted to come to synagogue, but they were looking for an Orthodox synagogue. And I was like, well, there isn't an Orthodox synagogue in Baldwin County. There's definitely not going to be one within walking distance of where your your condo is for the week. And uh, I said, we're you know, uh, I said we're a Messianic synagogue. And she says, well, what's that? And I explained to her what it was. She, oh, no, no, we're, we're Orthodox Jews. We don't we do not do that. We don't do that. We're not. And I was like, no, but I mean, we're still a synagogue. Like, we do liturgy. We do a Torah service. We don't, you're welcome to come. The things you don't agree with just you know ignore it or, or whatever um and if you don't come that's fine too we understand it but this is who we are and we're not gonna you know that we're, we're not changing that for anybody and so they ended up not coming but she was really nice about it by the time we got off the phone she was kind of abrupt about it out the gate when i said we were messianic and she figured out what it was but then she was kind of uh more appreciative of the conversation and whatever um but yeah i we've we've had quite a few um non-believing Jewish people come through uh, and come into the synagogue and you know in the, the there's definitely some things that maybe are a little different I mean the fact that we have modern worship music and things like that is, sure. is a little bit different um, but the, for the most part our experience is relatively the same as, relatively the same as Bradam people come and hey that's I really appreciate the service this is one of the most Jewish services I've been to uh, authentically and uh, one of the comments that I've gotten pretty regularly, and I know you guys have gotten it too, is that uh, there was a, uh, and it goes back to what we talked about in a previous episode, the idea of, of um, the those from the nations driving the Jew to jealousy for his sure. God being a light to the Jewish people. As they go, you know, there's something to the the beauty of there being Gentiles participating in the Jewish tradition and custom reverently, respectively, and, and participating authentically in that, not making themselves Jewish or pretending like they are, but, right. but authentically participating. Uh, there's something to the beauty of that. And uh, and I know, like, Rabbi Eric's had people from the conservative synagogue say something to the effect of, you know, maybe this is the right way because, it, you know, the, the Messiah is supposed to bring Jew and Gentile together, and this is wow. where it's actually happening. See? Uh, and so we get kind of similar content, comments from, from time to time. Yeah. 
we can go back to some more colorful stories, I did remember an event. It wasn't here at Bradam, though. (laughs) (laughs) And it didn't involve me. (laughs) There's some thunder. Got some storm. Actually, it did involve you to a degree. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I want to know. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was. I was. uh, Y'all had invited me to guest speak at CMC. Um, This was when I was still very, very new. Was Um, this after my surgery? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Still still still, new. You were still. You were. It. which, Which. also, was a funny story in and of itself because he was would, still slightly high. Well, no, it, well, not that you were high. This was the this was the time after that. Y'all were back in the building because yeah, your building had the time after repaired. you were slightly high. Yeah, yeah, but um, you were more high this time. No, no, no. But you 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 did crack me up after the whole experience because you you had had these two massive surgeries and you were like, hey, just so I'm not having to do everything. But you were still rolling around on your little scooter doing. Everything. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, man, like this. I felt like a Tim Hawkins skit where he where he talks about, you know, he's like, man, husbands, like, what are we doing? Like, like if she ever leaves me, I'm going with her. You know, I always felt like, why am I here? <laughs> like, he's he's perfectly fine. And but anyway, you had me come guest speak, which was great for me because I was still, you know, getting the experience, and it was wonderful to have the opportunity. So thank you for those times, um, getting to have those experiences to speak. But they. You had these, um, and I don't think they ever came back. They just came that one time. Um, uh, two um, uh, African American gentlemen had come um, and were visiting, um, and you know, so I gave the, the message or whatever. And I had something critical to say about Levi and Simeon. Um, we were in the story of the um, the uh, rape of Dina. And so, and I had because you know Jacob actually criticizes them and, and gets part of his blessing because or they got curse. so violent. Because they got so violent, that's right. And um, and so, well, all they wanted to do the entire rest of the time was talk to me about how well, according to Jasher and Jubilees, like it wasn't all that bad, and that they were clearly Hebrew Israelites. Like yeah. it, it became it became I, very. I remember exactly. Yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. Talking about it became too, yeah. very apparent after yeah. a while, and and so the whole time I was just trying to downplay, like yeah, yeah it's whatever, man. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not engaging and but, like I. Was, I I talked with them, yeah. but I, I wasn't going to let them run the conversation along and, with Jasher and Jubilees. And they were um, really intriguing. Like, I mean, really, they were nice. They yeah, were they were very they were they participated. Yeah. They, but I thought it was interesting because in my past experience with uh, that scenario, there, you know, the, it's very abrupt. It's very, you know, it's a lot of KJV stuff and whatever. But yeah. uh, they came in with a complete Jewish Bible in their hands. Yeah, and yeah. They, had a, uh, yeah, they were very JPS Tanakh. It was, it was, it was probably the only pleasant experience I've had yeah. with Hebrew Israelites ever. Um, but they were. It was still very funny because I remember like seeing them up from the bima and being like. Oh man! Yeah, like I, I bet you. <laughs> oh, and, then, and then, as soon as I finished, I was like you know, wrapping my talit up in its bag, and everyone was going out to Oneg, and yeah. they made a beeline straight to the front for me. I yeah. said, "Boy, here it comes!" <laughs> I was like, yeah. "I know it's the, going." <laughs> the only, the only other thing I could think of that's as You're like, oh, potentially uncomfortable as that was we had uh, a few years back. We had a um, same-sex couple oh, visit gosh. the synagogue. And I mean, really nice, really respectful. Yeah. The, yeah, everybody was was kind to them, what have you. But they happened to come on a week in Leviticus where the parsha was dealing oh, with here. sexuality, oh, and the whole time I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well. This is not going to go. They, they were they were they were really nice and and, and enjoyed the service. But unfortunately, we never saw them again. So yeah, we we have one of our mm. county tax collector, the county yeah. tax collector. That attends our synagogue. Great guy, wonderful guy. He's one of our elders at the congregation. Just love him. His wife was reading from the Brit Kadashah, and the portion she read is the one that says, 
uh, sinners like uh, publicans and tax collectors. <laughs> and, and we could not have picked that moment better uh, at all because, as she said, because I, I guess she didn't either. She didn't prepare, pre-read or whatever, but she just... And, and she said, and tax collectors. And as the words registered, she looked up toward her husband. And at that moment, everybody in the congregation was in one mind and one accord as they just died laughing with her. Oh, so goodness, anyhow, we, we've had amazing, funny experiences Looking as up. part of a community. As Hear part that, of, sweetie? Yeah. Uh, as part of a community and a family and, and those things. Um one of the things about Judaism and one of the things about Jewishness uh, is that humor is part of what we do. Yeah. Uh, and and God, God in his word instilled humor. And Paul says, standing on Mars Hill, you guys might be a little too superstitious. Elijah, this, Elijah says, maybe your God's in the bathroom. Yeah. Right. And, or the whole, you know, hemorrhoids with. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, so there's there's humor in what goes on. And we thought it'd be fun just to share some of these experiences with you this week on our podcast. We may do another episode. Episode later on, where we share more of these things, no, I think a lot more. I thought also think it might be fun to share some meaningful experiences yeah. that weren't necessarily humorous, but just uh, m- memorable that yeah. go on. Yeah. So uh, anyhow, we're glad you guys tuned in. I hope that you uh, you enjoyed this and and make comments. Let us know. Contact us uh, through social media so that. Uh, so that we know where uh, that you're out there, where you're from, and if you have a funny experience that you've had, share it with us. Thank you for listening to the Messy Antics podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can be notified every time we drop a new episode. And be sure to follow and interact with us on social media at Messy Antics Podcast. <laughs>